What is up, everyone? It is your boy, The Tank. It's Wednesday at noon, and I am here to talk to you about college and NFL football for the next hour on Weagle 91.1 FM. Let's not waste any time and get on with the show. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Tank Talks Football. Good afternoon. afternoon. Good afternoon. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. We're still here Thursday at 1. Still not done my imaging yet. And you know what? I kind of like saying Thursday at 1 every every week now. Okay. Um, Again, welcome to – I'm here joined by Mr. Harrison Tarr yet again, third week in a row. You can't get enough of Weagle, can you? I, you know, you just can't get rid of me, man. I, I keep coming back, yeah, whether you trying. want me on here or not. Second show for today, actually. Second show for today. Made an appearance on, in the Eagle's Nest this yeah, morning. Yeah, Eagle's Nest. While I was uh, in the bullpen working on doing work, you just throw yourself down and immediately just run into the, uh, <laughs> about to have another Love mic. to crash a good sports show. Yep. And now I have to do my show. <laughs> Looking forward to it, though. Always exciting to be on Tank Talks. Tank Talks. Oh, yeah. It's a great time over here at Tank Talks Football. <laughs> but let's get the show started. I'm going to talk about Harson in the second block because I feel like a lot of us have had a – are kind of sick and tired of talking about Yeah, it I need a good mental break before we get into that. So before that, I'm going to talk about which new conference team – or which team in a new conference has the best chance to win – the best chance to win it in the first year. And I have the Big 12 – Big 12, AAC, CUSA, and Sunbelt all listed. And I know how much you love. There's supposed to be some teams in the MAC joining. I think Western Kentucky is rumored to join the MAC. Nothing official yet, though. Yeah. But let's start off with the Big 12 because they're the biggest name on here. We got the BYU Cougars. The Houston, Houston Cougars. Cougars. Cincinnati Bearcats and the UCF Golden Knights. I think that really, realistically, I think that Three of these, three or four, three of these four teams come in with an immediate chance to win the Big Twelve. Realistically, I think UCF's not quite there yet. Actually, I I don't know that Malzahn has them in the wrong direction. I think they may be Big Twelve contenders. I think Big Twelve, the Big Twelve, might be the conference Malzahn belonged in in the first place. Yes, but I, I think that Houston um, and, and Cincinnati of those two, I think that could go either way. Edge probably Cincinnati, but. Yeah. I think that realistically, these are four very good additions to the Big 12. I think the conference, I mean, obviously it's, it's, it's leveling out because you're losing Texas and Oklahoma. Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> but I think that uh, I think all four of these teams will be com- competitive throughout their entire tenure in the Big 12. Me too. And if you were to pick one, which one would you go with? Probably, as it stands right now, probably Cincinnati. But I, uh, Houston too and, and BYU just depends on which version. I'm edge, edge Cincinnati though. Usually, I would go Cincinnati here, but I think losing all the talent they're losing in this year's draft, I think they have eight. But they're retaining Fick, Coach Fick. Retaining Fick, yes. But you got to think they're losing their starting quarterback, one of their best receivers. Right. The best duo in the secondary in college football. Right. And a few linebackers as well. Like they're losing a lot of talent, and if they can rebound, I'll agree. But right now, i got to say, I feel like BYU or – Maybe Houston are probably the teams that I think probably would win it right now. Uh, I think BYU have probably get the slight edge because I know that they're capable of like winning on at least like on a Pac-12 level. Right, they went, they went undefeated in their Pac-12 last year because I know they had to play. So yeah. Uh, next, we're gonna go with the American Conference. We got the Charlotte 49ers, the Florida Atlantic Owls, North Texas. What are they? Uh, Mean Green, right? The Mean Green and so. their Eagle logo. I think so. So weird. And uh, uniforms though. Yeah, Very <laughs> when trippy. they beat uh, they beat Arkansas a few years back, right? Yes. Off that yeah. Fake Chad Morris fake punt return thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Rice Owls, right? Are they owls? Correct. Yes. Someone the owls. The, the, yeah. same, right. same mascots are joining the conference. It's just weird. Uh, UAB Blazers and the UTSA Roadrunners. I mean, I think the obvious edge right now is UTSA. UAB is a great addition. I think Charlotte actually has been overperforming uh, in the Conference USA. Uh, this is a good slate of teams for the AAC to add. They're getting significantly worse. But uh, UAB and UTSA, I mean, UAB could play with anyone last year. They, they proved that. Yeah. So, uh, and UTSA had a phenomenal, phenomenal season. 
So uh, I think the, the clear favorite, if, if we're having to pick a team that's going to win the AAC outright this year, and I think it's wide open now, right? Maybe edge Memphis this year, probably. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say UTSA, but you, I mean, UAB very well could win that conference this year in their first season. I'm gonna agree with you. I think UTSA is probably the clear fit. They are the, I think one of the few teams that actually won their uh, conference. Or them and Cincinnati, I think, are the two that have won their conference and are moving to a new one this starting season. So yeah, I'm gonna go UTSA because they're returning actually a lot of uh, pro- uh, production from their team last year. The only player they're really losing is Sincere McCormick, the running back, right? Who is better at IRL than he is on my UTSA NCAA 14 team. <laughs> but <laughs> going on to the. Uh, the CUSA, the CUSA. <laughs> uh, you got the Liberty Liberty Flames, New Mexico State Aggies, Jacksonville State Gamecocks, Gamecocks and the Sam Houston State. Do you know what they are? No, I don't actually. I have no idea what they are. Uh, Sam Houston is, of course, a former FCS team. Moving so is Jacksonville State. So is that? Yeah, Jacksonville State is one. I thought I thought they weren't one last year, were they? They were an FCS team. They oh, are really? making their jump to the FBS this year. Were they an FCS team when they almost beat us? Uh yeah, they've been an FCS team that when they played Auburn great close in 2015, right? Whichever year Jeremy Johnson started. 2015 or yeah. 16, it must have been 16. Yeah. Uh, 15 was the Jeremy Johnson experiment. Excuse me. So yeah, 2015. That they were an FCS team when the when Auburn, uh, almost lost to them here at Jordan Hare Stadium. Jacksonville State, in my opinion, I mean Liberty's going to be year in year out going to be a contender as long as Hugh Freeze is their head coach, which I don't know how much longer that will be the case. I think that he will get the opportunity to get back, jump in back into the Power Five. Someone will take a gamble on him eventually. Jacksonville State's going to wind up being a uh, perennial contender in, in the Conference USA. I'm going to go and speak it into an existence. And I, I'm now sounding like I'm outlandishly Alabama biased by saying UAB and Jacksonville State are both going to be early contenders. I understand this. But Jacksonville State played UAB in one of the best football games this year. People, people don't realize how fun that game was to watch. UAB pulled away at the end. I think UAB was a better team. UAB was, I mean, one of the best teams in the Conference USA this year. But Jacksonville State and UAB played toe-to-toe. I think those two squads can play toe-to-toe with a lot of Power 5 teams. So I, I like I like Jacksonville State. To w- Actually, I mean, I, I don't even necessarily know that it's far-fetched to say Jacksonville State wins Conference USA in their first year. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Who so CUSA was won by UTSA, right? Correct. Who else is in that conference? I can't. I'm, my mind is blanking because I'm trying to because they played. Uh, <laughs> was that was was Kentucky in there or who am I? Th- uh, WKU should be. And Lafayette is in there. So Louisiana Tech, Middle Tennessee, uh, FIU, UTEP, Southern Miss, Western Kentucky. Uh, like we said, UTSA, North previously North Texas. Old Dominion, previously Charlotte. Uh, I think that that's it. Previously Rice, and formerly South Alabama before they made their move to the Sun Belt. So, so CUSA is getting stripped over the next like few years. Uh, yeah, there, it says there's currently 14 members. Well, so uh, I think. Well, I'm gonna talk, we're gonna talk about a few more of those teams right right now because uh, Old Dominion and Southern Miss are both being moved to the Sun Belt starting next season. Oddly enough. Right. Sorry, I was, I'm looking at the... Yeah. You said uh, Southern Miss is going to the Sun Belt? Yeah, they're going to the Sun Belt. No way. Uh, but yeah, for cool. CUSA, I got to say, I think I got to go with probably, I got to go with Liberty just because I think they have, the, the, right now they'd have the best coach in the CUSA with Hugh Freeze. Yeah, right. Uh, but to go with the Sun Belt, this is where former FCS champion James Madison is going. Former powerhouse. Pow- JMU. Still powerhouse. Still powerhouse. Uh, Marshall, the Thundering Herd. <laughs> Old Dominion. And they're the Monarchs, correct? Correct. And the Southern Miss Golden Eagles? Yes, Golden Eagles, yes. Uh, famous alumni, Brett Favre at Southern Miss, actually. Fun fact. Nice. I hate this. I hate the entire edition of the Sun Belt, actually. Um, not not actually. I like JMU coming to the Sun Belt. It doesn't really make sense, but sure. Marshall's kind of weird. Old Dominion's odd. I don't. I guess I don't hate all of it. But I don't really feel like I don't feel like the Sun Belt's really bolstering their resume by anything outside of JMU and Marshall. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I like immediately potential to win this. Obviously, you know, the obvious pick here is is James Madison, right? 
Yes, I'd also throw out Marshall because I feel like they've been decent as of late. The Sun Belt's a weird conference at this point because like this is a a weird group of four. It's probably the weirdest out of the four uh, three I already talked about. I agree. Um, I mean, the Sun Belt's it's in an odd state right now, anyways, because yeah. you've got App State at the top of the of the mountain theoretically. Uh, you've got it feels like South Alabama's right there on the cusp, right? It feels like they're there. Sometimes Georgia Southern wants to be good. Other times they don't. Cajuns. Georgia State climbs up close. UL used to be UL Lafayette. Now it's uh, just University of Louisiana. Uh, they've been on top of the college football world, it feels like, for the Sun Belt team recently. It'll be weird to see how they perform next year without Napier. It, it, it will be. And, but we've seen this before because uh, this, there's a handful of, our, of, of Sun Belt teams but they wind up being springboards for coaches that go on to be successful. Let's not forget, well, one Gus Malzahn was the head coach of Arkansas State and won, what, 12 games with them that year? Yes, 12-2. and two. Went 12-2, and two, lost conference championship, and uh, did not ha- go have a perfect season. Did not have a perfect season. No. But there are it's, – it's kind of a rotating group of, of teams in the Sun Belt that are – wind up being good for two or three years until their coach gets picked up and plucked in, you know, an SEC job or you know, Big Ten, Big 12, whatever, whatever, what have you. So it'll be interesting. I mean, I love watching the Sun Belt. Maction over Fun Belt, but Fun Belt close second. I would say, I feel like if, the, if West Kentucky does end up joining the MAC, I feel like they might be able to run that conference for a little bit because West Kentucky is one of those teams that you always just – they're always good. The Hilltoppers mean business. It's like there was another team I read that might be going to the MAC. I'd have to go find the webpage again, but there's like another like team that I just can't remember off the top of my head. I've not heard anything about it, and I, I should because I, you know, I do love me the Mac. Yeah, you do love yourself some action. Action rocks, man. Wednesday night football in the middle of like October. Yeah. Well, talking about the, the go back to the coaching conversation, I listed all some coaches that moved from Power Five schools to Power Five schools because I mean it, after that it's got all weird because like Jim Moorhead, I didn't really want to talk about him going to Akron at all. <laughs> But who do you think is, has had the best head coaching hire so far this offseason? I say so far because we don't know how Auburn's going to pan out. We, yeah, we, we're not sure. A little ha- asterisk next to Harson. Uh, we're, and we're going to wind up having to tease this, aren't we? Pulling this into the next next part of the, the show. More than likely, but we can just like tease it some more. That's fine. Uh, I, I like the, the Venables hire at Oklahoma. I like that a lot. I think I, I think the Cristobal, Cristobal hire – Jumped in Miami was good, but personally, I uh, I think a team down down in the in the Bayou may have done the best out of anybody in this uh, this coaching carousel. Let's not forget old SoCal over there trying to get back into relevancy as think, well. I think USC did a great job too. But we're gonna talk about this a little bit more when we get back from this break. Listen to t- Tank Talks Football. Welcome back to the second block of Tank Talks Football here on ninety one point one F. M, we're going to talk about what we teased a little bit before we went to break. Best head coaching hire of this offseason, dot, 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 so far. So far, yes. Uh, you know, there's so subject to change and at one particular university on the plains of Auburn, Alabama. <laughs> but as of right now, I, I've, been, I've been thoroughly impressed with the Notre Dame hire. Uh, I'm excuse me, not, well, actually, I have been impressed by the Notre Dame hire. But... Uh, the LSU hire of Brian Kelly out of Notre Dame. I understand that people are critical that he didn't win the big one at Notre Dame, that, you know, if you can't accomplish it there in a national brain, you can't accomplish it anywhere. And I just, I, for lack of a better term, Dylan, I think that's bull crap because, you know, you, you get through, an lack of a better term, ACC schedule when you play at Notre Dame with some tough non-con opponent, opponents for the most part. But your players aren't ready. You can't compete for a conference championship. You've got to be pretty much perfect to get in. And um, you're just not getting the same preparation abilities. You don't have the same ability to prepare as you would in at an SEC environment. And I think Brian Kelly's a winner. Say what you want about the guy. I don't necessarily think he's the best person in the world. But the guy's a winner. You know what I mean? And he did ask for his entire team to be executed after, after uh, that, game. I mean, yeah, that happened. <laughs> Say what you want. He wins football games. I think he's going to do very well at LSU. It's not that hard to recruit to LSU. Kids love playing there. It's 
not hard to really meet academic standards <laughs> to go there. So I'm I'm not talking down. I guess LSU is a fine degree. I know I know great a lot a lot of great professionals in the field that got their degree from the LSU School of Journalism. Great people, intelligent minds. But you know what I mean, for lack of a better term. <laughs> academic, uh, athletic, academic standards are not necessarily tough to meet uh, as at some places, such as like Vanderbilt or even a George Tech outside of the SEC. But I uh, I'm I'm all in on Brian Kelly. I think that it's not crazy to assume that within uh, you know a half decade, Brian Kelly could have a national championship back. In Baton Rouge. Yeah, I can agree with that. I think my best pick would probably have to go with uh, – <laughs> good Lord, I shouldn't have turned around. <laughs> it, you want to explain what's going on behind me real quick? Uh, I just looked through the mirror – not the mirror, excuse me, the window in our uh, studio, and one Daniel Locke is holding up his cell phone saying, Play Dirt by Florida Georgia Line. Yeah. Sure. But uh, my pick Great is song. probably going to be Lincoln Riley at USC. I know – I don't have that much respect for the guy right now, but I do think USC is trying to get back into relevancy, which we haven't seen from them since. 04? 05? Somewhere around there? Uh, yeah. Uh, Matt Leinart, right? And and Reggie Bush? Yeah. Heisman winner Reggie Bush. <laughs> or, sorry. No longer Heisman winner. No, he's a Heisman winner. He's a Heisman winner to everyone who does not work for the NCAA. Yeah. It was a, when they had that NASCAR clash at the Coliseum earlier this week. Did you see that? Yeah, I watched He it. was one of the grand, grand marshals. Him and Matt Leinart both were. And I was like, I wonder if Matt Leinart knows that he's just nothing if Reggie Bush does not establish the run game. Like He has to know that. Yeah, like he's got to know. Like, Yeah, but this is a great hire. I mean, they yoinked him right from – they took advantage of the fact that he did not want to have to go play in the SEC. So they yoinked him, and then he proceeded to take like half of Oklahoma's roster from yeah, the transfer facts. portal. Got Caleb Williams, and I think that he is going to have that program turned around in year one, maybe year two. Facts. I mean, this is a down year for the Pac-12. Who's who's going to compete with them besides a Bo Nix-led Oregon team? True. Uh, but you went to our honorable mentions. I'll let I'll let uh, I'll actually I'm going to ask our good friend uh, who's now joining us in the booth, Jake Gonzalez, to uh, I'm going to let him talk about honorable mention Billy Napier and the hire at Florida. How, how I think you're on the same page as me and Dylan. We are very Pro Hi. Napier. Pro Napier. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the best way to put it. Um, I mean, y'all have mentioned Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley as being the best hires of this kind of break. Billy Napier is the best hire for me. By by and far the best hire. I think with the recruiting that he was able to do at uh, Louisiana Lafayette and build the program that he was able to build there. To think that he would not be able to build a program at Florida, if he can't build a program at Florida. It's a major disappointment. It might be Florida's fault at that point. Exactly. I mean, it's. I don't think it's that hard to build a program at Florida. If Dan Mellon can make that team competitive in Florida, Facts. I think anybody can really do that outside of Will Muschamp. Just yeah. because Will Muschamp is not a, a good Jim Florida McElwain. Jim Wackelwain. <laughs> well, look, look. We're not going to talk about those guys, all right? They, they don't belong in the conversation. Um, but Billy Napier is a great recruiter, a great coach, and if you can build a program, you know, with how Luke Fickle has done at Cincinnati and how he has done at Louisiana Lafayette, you can make a big Division One school uh, a competitive again. That's really all I have to say about Billy Napier. I agree. No, I, I, I think he sums it up perfectly <laughs> with the honorable mention. Oh, yeah. Now it's time to talk about the thing that we all dread talking about the most. The uncertainty around. Of how much money is left on my Tiger card? Yes. That's $6. That's about that. <laughs> it's low I already. Look, I don't even want to look at mine. But, yeah, of course, the biggest headline in college football right now is, of course, Brian Harson. It's my Tiger card? No way. <laughs> I really just don't. I'm just not excited about this. I mean, I, it needs to be talked about. We got to talk about what happened last night. Jesus, Lord. A new The new policy they got maybe written in a day, maybe written in an hour. We have no idea. There's no continuity in this in this new I, I I don't think I'm gonna I'm just gonna throw my personal opinion into this really quickly. Go ahead. I don't think this new policy has any effect on the situation that has happened. I think it is something that was in the works beforehand, and it didn't just pop up yesterday afternoon or Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, or a day but, before the policy. But like, I got a really big question for you. I asked this on the Eagles Nest earlier. I asked Daniel this on the Eagles Nest. I mean. <laughs> How does an entity as big as Auburn not already have a compliance policy like this in place? I, I Especially don't know. after the Malzahn train wreck. I don't know. I don't. That's what I'm saying. I th- once again, after the Tuberville train wreck. 
Jackgate. Guys, has Auburn learned nothing? No. You're right. <laughs> There's a reason why we're in, still in the same situation that we have been in since Tuberville, since what happened with Malzahn, honestly, since kind of what happened with Chiswick. <laughs> what kind of happened? Yeah, yeah. go on. It, Auburn, university itself, uh, fans, whoever you want to say it, nobody in the Auburn vicinity, anybody who roots for Auburn has ever learned from one of these situations because it just Not keeps once. happening. It keeps happening. Not once. If we were to learn, this situation would not have occurred in the first place. Very true. Yeah. Uh, right now, Harson, the picture of Harson surfacing of him having to enter through the back door of... Okay, let's not blow that out of proportion. It was a personal choice. Lane Kiffin also chose to go through that door. Yeah. I also would have gone through the back door considering how many people were out in front waiting yeah. for him since yeah. like 6 if o'clock I, in the I morning. would avoid all media if I was him too. Yes. I, he is... I mean, also, there's just, I mean, like, Lane Kiffin took the back door, guys. Are we going to start saying Lane Kiffin's up to something? Like, Lane Kiffin's always up to I was, something. I was going to say, Lane <laughs> Kiffin's always up to something. <laughs> I was like, I wouldn't. It's not always bad. Like, Lane's probably just trying to play Candy Crush on his phone or something. Like, realistically. He's like, playing Clash Royale. He's playing, yeah, yeah, facts. He's playing Clash of Clans or something. Like, uh, So, I have, I'm trying to, what, did, what exactly did the policy say? It was basically anybody, like, any Auburn University employee had to comply with any investigation. Uh, like that was happening, in a which sense. is which includes, but is not limited to making yourself available. Yeah. Uh, at any time, and as as we you know forgotten, uh, people often forget that Harson's been in Mexico for the past week on vacation, on vacation, scheduled vacation, not randomized vacation. Look, I'm gonna put this out there too. I saw this on Twitter. Somebody else said this, and I completely agree with what he said. If I'm on vacation, I'm not talking to the people who I work for. I'm not talking to my bosses. You're not gonna get me to come into work. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. if you're on uh, uh, scheduled PTO. Unscheduled PTO. You're not getting me to come and work. I'm not going to talk to you. Leave me alone. I might have tried to text me whenever I was in Birmingham for the uh, for whatever game that was. The Birmingham Bowl? Yeah, I didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> and they're trying to get me to come and work. I was like, I'm, I'm not driving four hours. To not work. when I already asked off and we, and we already got that approved. But basically, the, the, the compliance policy, it, it, it's wild because it, it makes it sound like with the the way it's been interpreted is Brian Harson not being here and not complying with investigations supposedly I don't understand where the no compliance has been I just don't know why we're trusting journalists to kind of break down a in a, a sense le- a, a, legal a legal document, document. which um, also I mean the legal document what kind of policy is a page and a quarter exactly that that's why I think it was made like this past week I I don't I don't think that's something they make in the past week I I think that's too I think uh, once again, if Auburn's trying to avoid a lawsuit and all this, and trying to avoid oh, they're, they're, that ship has sailed. They're going to get a lawsuit that, one way or another. That's what I'm saying. But if they're still trying to do that, this, this little policy document, whatever you want to call it, that's not going to help avoid that. That that's just going to show Auburn University as trying to find a backdoor last minute solution With to their a problem. Tr- they're trying to find a form in writing where the uh, Harson is contract contractually obligated to not being able to dispute his firing. That Basically. is exactly what they are looking for. Yeah. It has become p- painfully obvious. If you listen to Weagle 91.1 and you and you have not accepted the fact that the powers that be – check that one off your bingo card, by the way, guys. Uh, the powers that be at Auburn want Brian Harson canned. I don't know what in the world you're on because it, it's it's not it, – this is not a personal matter anymore. It's not the whole – It hasn't been and, since And it hasn't won. been since it happened. I'm not saying I'm, – I'm not going to comment on the allegations about – you know, potential affair, you know, the, the Brian Harson having a potential affair. Because if that's the case, that's a whole other set of reasons. But we have now pivoted. And this whole Brian Harson cheating on his wife affair deal within the organization, that's not even been a center of focus. No, so that ship has long sailed. It's gone. It, 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 I'm not saying that it did or did not happen. But this is about the board of trustees and the donors wanting Harson gone and wanting him gone now. And we were, I wasn't able to talk about this on my, last week because everything happened after my last show, and as soon as that, as soon as my last show ended, that's when everything started trending on Twitter. Pretty much. So I never got to mention the on air the the statement released by Auburn, the official statement. Oh, on Monday. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It was a bad statement, and we talked about it in uh, sports media relations class. I remember someone saying that it, the whole statement was fine. It was that last sentence. Correct. 
that we would not be using any social media posts or whatever. Or headlines to be conducting an investigation. When you say that, it makes me think that, I'm going to be honest, I think that you're now using social media posts and headlines to conduct an investigation. Yes. Because um, what's the investigation then? Also, the university, when the statement was released, and the entire time all these quote-unquote inside sources and wherever they're coming from and what have you, it's not a character conversation. They're mad that uh, the board of trustees are mad because they didn't get the guy they wanted. Period. I, I was speaking to somebody who I, I'll, I'll leave his name out, but uh, I'll, I'll tell you guys when we go off the air, it'll piece it all together. About someone said, Hey, man, I'm really confused as to why the board of trustees doesn't like Brian Harson. I'm going to leave you with this parting thought. It's because his name's not Kevin Steele. Yes. And, and you cannot change my mind otherwise. I still just don't know why they would want Kevin Steele to be running this program, especially after his track record with Baylor. Getting the keys to a Ferrari and wrecking it directly into a brick wall? That's what I'm saying. I I don't know why they would think that's a good idea as a person to lead the program. And it makes sense. By all means, I think Alan Green at least made the right decision in not hiring Kevin Steele Yes. because of that fact alone. I think that track record is – I know Auburn fans have a history of Gene Chizik where he was horrible at Iowa State and then comes into Auburn, locks into Cam Newton – and wins a national championship, and he's great for a year or year or two or whatever it is. But that's not going to be the same situation with Kevin Steele. It doesn't matter. I, it's just I don't know why you would think a guy who ruined a program as fast as he did, why would you want to bring him into Auburn and allow him to be running the whole show again? If you're interested, you can call and let us know. Is it 334-844-WEGL, right? You can call and let us know. I think that's yeah, yeah three three four eight four four nine three four five. That's three three four eight four four W E G L. If you're really interested and want to tell us why you think Kevin Steele should be the head coach at Auburn, I want to listen. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I would. Or too. just DM us all on Twitter. I'm starting to realize that also now. Works. The more that I speak, the more I realize why all my Twitter followers think I hate Auburn. Yes. Yeah. Are you and Justin Lee? Question mark. <laughs> 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 We're coming on a break soon, but before I just want to ask y'all best and worst case scenarios for Auburn right now. Oh. I think they're all worst case scenarios. Right? No, there's 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 best case scenarios for sure. There's bad best case scenarios. Um, best case scenario um, for the prog- state of the program, Brian Harson keeps his job. Um, he's going to sue the crap out of Auburn. He's he's going to win. He's going to sue for defamation. Going to win. He's going to have malice. Um, he maintains the head coaching job at Auburn, and he's proven innocent for everything. And he continues to get build player buy-in, and somehow miraculously signs a great late class, right? Best case scenario. That that might be the most possible like golden fairy tale story. Oh, it's a long shot. I I mean I really don't see there's I think maybe one or two of those things happen perhaps. I don't think all of them could happen. And you have a worst case scenario, <laughs> just. They, out of everything that could go wrong, what is the worst possible thing that can go wrong for all? Oh, the allegations were true. That's the worst thing that could possibly happen. That is the worst thing that could possibly happen. The allegations right. are true. Brian Harson's fired. Everyone, there's a mass exodus, and there's giant turmoil in the program. That That is the worst-case worst, worst case scenario, which I think that ship sailed, though. I don't think we're there. I Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really don't know what's going to happen with the situation at all. I think that's just – I don't think anyone does, really. It's kind of just a, a big question mark. We're going to host, hopefully, this evening. Uh, I was talking to Caleb Jones. Plug this before we go to the PSA break. I'm just going to plug it real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Probably going to have a student media um, Twitter spaces tonight. So make sure you guys follow along on Auburn Twitter, and we're going to give our input, not necessarily opinions as much as just here's what's going on. Here's what we know. So, yeah. All right, we're going to go back to a, we're gonna go do a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the NFL and try to stay away from Auburn for a good while. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to the second – Half of Tank Dust Football here on Wigan One FM. We're going to move on from college football. Thank and God. The turmoil <laughs> that is. Thank the Lord. The turmoil that is Auburn right now. And we're going to talk about the NFL. Every head coaching position has been filled as of, I think, yesterday or Correct. the day before. Uh, And do you have a list of all the coaches in front of you at all? Or do you? Do you know any of them? I have the rundown. I've got yeah, I've got your rundown in front of <laughs> you me. You got the big it, news yeah. here. I'll I'll send y'all what I have from this. Uh, I, have, I will say while um, you're lo- sending us that list, uh, Jake, you missed out. Dylan gave a fantastic presentation today on the Brian Flores situation in our sports media relations class, um, and 
wow, what a situation is going on there, man. Uh, props to him for standing up against systemic racism. I mean, I think that's cool. I think that's awesome. I think I'm, that's cool. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, doing this, even though it probably has blacklisted him from a lot of NFL teams for a while. For a while, but he'll get a job opportunity. He, he will definitely right? get a job He deserves a job he opportunity. Should. And I, I think it was a, uh, Riley Zepp that brought up that he's probably going to go to the Patriots probably for like a coordinator. Yeah, type. yeah. He brought up a really good uh, good point about that and possibly be a potential coach in waiting in New England. Um, so, I mean, this could all work out. And uh, I think that all of his, his his allegations have teeth, like all like all of his accusations and lawsuits. I think they all have teeth. I think he should win. Yeah, I don't think he, this is something he would just lie about um, either. I thought it was – I mean, you did first off, you did a great job with your presentation today. But the whole situation around uh, Flores – I mean, I just got to tip my hat to the guy because he just kind of said, you know what, like this is a, a battle worth fighting, which I 100% agree. Uh, and I thought it was cool that he's finally, you know, kind of sticking it to the league and saying, hey, um, the Rooney rule's not enough, <laughs> and uh, let's 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 keep diversifying and having representation within our league. And uh, I mean, Roger Goodell stuttered about it the other day. <laughs> I mean, it, it is a tough topic. To it is. About. Oh, no. That's and and I thought Goodell did as well as he could, actually. I would say, I mean, because at the end of the day, it's not his decision on who these teams hire. Oh, exactly. So, I mean, it, in reality, it's really not his choice. He's not really the one at fault. Right. He can only do so much into coercing these teams. Who oh, no. I, I, like I said, I think Goodell did as well as he could. But, I mean, you, you could see him kind of stutter. He was like, oh, I don't even know how to start with this conversation. Because... <laughs> like, it, it's just a tough conversation because, I mean, at the end of the day, all these teams, all these franchises can hi- hire who they want to hire. And it, it's, you know, you can't force teams to hire a, a person just because of their race. Because, once again, it may not be the best fit for the job, the best fit for their team. And that's what makes this whole dynamic of it so challenging and so, honestly, interesting. Right. As to what can be done to fix this. But there certainly is, there's, like, I hate, I hate to keep using the cliche, but there certainly is teeth in the argument that, uh, there, there do need to, does need to be reviews uh, on on current policies in place, oh, yeah. and and reviews on ownership at the ownership level to make sure that everybody's getting their fair chance, whether that be uh, race, yeah. sexual orientation, sex, uh, you know, beliefs, as, whatever. As long as it's just it's, it's the same level, level playing, playing field, field for everybody who it is, whoever Absolutely. it is, no matter what. So anyway, sorry about that thing. tangent, Dylan, but I wanted to commend you for first bringing that oh, up. No, and second good. off, right, what Brian Flores is doing is good. Yes. So, and you know, just to. Go back to like a Miami conversation. They just hired the 49ers offensive coordinator, Mike McDaniels. Uh, but with the new like rules in place, the uh, I forgot what they're precisely called. I don't want to like say anything that's wrong. But the Niners received two third round picks for the Dolphins hiring a minority coach. I don't understand how that works. I don't know what you're talking about. I got. I have to be honest. It's, That's wild. It's some kind of rule that they put in place that if you hire a, min, a minority coach, you get some kind of compensation for it. I know that there's some something to that degree. I just don't know how it works. Yeah, and I'm just so confused because it's like it's not like there's like two like sixth round picks. The Niners get a third round pick for this upcoming draft and a third round pick for next year's draft. And Is thir- it like a trade for the coach or something? I guess. Interesting. That's what I mean. That's what it looks like. I mean, that's I'm just looking at your rundown as how you've listed it. To me, that's how it looks. Is Miami gets that's, that's how I in the sense get Mike right? McDaniel's as their head coach, and then 49ers get two third round picks. <laughs> and it's kind of weird because like, are you rewarding the Niners for having one less minority coach on their staff? Yeah, well, that's, that's the weirdest yeah. part. That's, yeah. that's, yeah. that's, that's like, the weird me. part. It's like I don't know what you mean by it. Like, that's what is this odd? Weird. Can I, can I just say something about Mike McDaniel really quickly? If you've seen any of his like tw- like anything on Twitter about his like press conference or his phone call with Tua the other day, this man gives me Adam Gase vibes. Oh boy, and he just feels so awkward in front of the camera and doesn't know what to say. Let's go. I mean, if you can take Jimmy Garoppolo to the playoffs twice, I mean, I guess you can do anything. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, are we going to talk about the fact that Lovey Smith has a head coaching job again? We Lovey are. Smith that, looks that, old now, man. Dude, that Holy surprised me when I saw crap. the Texans hired him. Well, it's it's clear what they're doing. They didn't want they didn't want Brian Flores because of the lawsuit. So instead of making themselves look any worse than they possibly could have, they hired another minority coach. Yeah, they wanted color. to check their uh, check off their box. It's like, hey, hey, we're not we're, we're not, not the dis- problem. Here. We're not discriminating. <laughs> we hired Lovey Smith. Yeah, that that's exactly how it read to me. But and the best part is that they can have Lovey Smith as head coach and then still tank for next year's that's draft. That's exactly what uh, we were saying, yeah. I mean, they already fired David Coley. 
I mean, that, that's. Just, I didn't. I didn't yeah. get the David Cully hire in the first place. Yeah. I don't get I the didn't think he was a good fit. I I don't either. I mean, if you're gonna hire the guy, I don't know why you, especially with how bad that team was and the turmoil that the team was in. Why would you fire him after one year? Because that's not gonna help anything. Yeah. What about the fit are? Oh, I was gonna say another dumpster fire program hiring Doug Peterson in Jacksonville, which was was. Just... Hey, I has, don't. It's. I think it's good, and I. I, I yeah. don't. I don't hate that. I don't hate it. I, I think there is it a. It feels chance. like a good rebuild coach. That's what I'm saying. I think there's a chance, especially with what Peterson was able to do in the past and replace Chip Kelly and rebuild the Eagles and take them to a Super Bowl. Right. There's a chance Peterson might be able to get something out of Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I trust Peterson more than I trust a lot of these other coaches. I especially Josh McDaniels. Okay. I think Josh McDaniels, McDaniels is going to be the worst coach. Okay. In the NFL next. We season. heard a theory about this in our last class. The Bill Belichick has sent McDaniels to Vegas to be like, all right, so here's your test run to see if you can be my successor, right? He can barely run the Patriots offense. How do you expect <laughs> him to be the head coach of an NFL team? He's a horrible offensive coordinator. Well, tell me something he has done well in the past two seasons without Tom Brady. Uh, Mac Jones in the Rick drafted Mac Jones. <laughs> Was that even Josh McDaniels, though? Absolutely not. Exactly. <laughs> and what did, honestly, Mac Jones didn't have that great of a rookie campaign. Don't think he should have hey, been in the Pro Bowl. Hey, no, I, mean, I, I don't think he should have been in the Pro Bowl. Mac Jones is going to be a good quarterback. He will be. He'll I'll be fine. But I just, that. I don't think Mac Jones deserved, deserved to be in the Pro Bowl during his rookie campaign. I think they were a very heavy rush offense. And I, I don't think Mac Jones contributed a whole lot other than making the passes that he needed to make, which he did at Alabama. I, was, I think uh, the Vikings had a good hire with Kevin O'Connell. He was the offensive coordinator of the Rams this, or this year, actually. Mm-hmm. Maybe now he's, he he will be made official after the Super Bowl, of course. But right. I think that's actually as it like should a, be. As it should be. Correct. Hire. Correct. But the Saints and the Texans both just signing their defensive coordinator after both after Peyton just steps down out of nowhere before. Yeah, uh, is that just me or is Sean Payton just not want to coach in New Orleans? He's just tired of New Orleans. He's tired of New Orleans. They made a movie about him with Kevin James and he said forget about it. I I would have retired too. I I also would have retired. I watched that movie. I would have retired as well. (laughs) Um, Um, Honorable mention for the best hire, most high IQ hire, Denver going to get Nathaniel Hackett. Not that I think he's that good of a coach, but they know that means they're going to probably get Aaron Rodgers. Maybe Devontae Adams. And maybe Devontae Adams, which would instantly make Denver a Super Bowl contender. Which Denver's wide receiver core was already great. Oh, yeah. Already you stacked. Got, you have Devonta Adams, wide receiver one. Sutton, Jerry Judy. And then Judy. Yeah. yeah. And then you got oh, Seth Williams Seth on the Williams practice squad. Seth Williams on the practice squad, <laughs> yes. No, but, I mean, that – I mean, if you if you bring Hackett to Denver, you boost your chances of getting Aaron Rodgers. Say what you want about whether or not Hackett's a good coach or not. I really don't care. I don't have enough background knowledge. Just know the connection there. I know that. And uh, if you put Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams on that Denver team, they are instantly Super Bowl contenders. So I mean, if you, if you put Aaron Rodgers and Devontae on any team, they're a Super Bowl contender. Uh, I want to go back to the Saints head coach really quickly uh-huh. and Dennis Allen. I don't think the Saints should have hired him. I think they should have went with Eric Benemy. I can't ever say his last name. I just think Benemy would have been a great fit for New Orleans with already how their offense was set up. But hear me out. They didn't hire him because <laughs> – Next year, the Panthers are going to fire Matt Rule, and he's just going to come to Carolina. <laughs> All right, now we're <laughs> now now we're getting to cons- conspiracy. <laughs> I, I just think Benemy would have been a great hire. I think for Brian New DeBall is also a good hire as well. I do too. I know it's yeah. amongst the uh, it's in the middle of that lawsuit, but DeBall deserved a head coaching job. I agree. I agree. Uh, and we're coming up on a break soon, so I'm going to throw something out there. Uh, Panthers found is, are finding their way in the Kenny Pickett discussion. No comment. I don't know why. I'm kind of into it now. I know you're into it. I like don't get I, Kenny Pickett. I think is a great quarterback. I, yeah. I'm going to put this out there. I'm a Carolina Panthers fan in the NFL. I'm going to go and say that right now. I don't think the Panthers need to draft a quarterback this year. I think they have so many other problems they need to focus on. They can just stem, you know, the bleeding with Sam Darnold. I think they'll be all right. I think this is going to be a down year for the NFC South in general. Uh, it will be. And if the Panthers are able to hit on Kenny Pickett. That makes them instant contender in this division. I mean, you got t- Tom Brady list, Buccaneers, the Saints are in turmoil right now. Yeah, they but have... like Kenny Pickett can't play for two teams at the same time. So, <laughs> look, and he's going to Pittsburgh. I, so. I, I still like. I mean, have I have twenty two quarterbacks on the team over there. Man. I hope Chill so. <laughs> I've I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I don't think 
any any quarterback in this NFL draft class deserves to be in the top ten in terms of picks. I will say this: none of them deserve to be traded up for. Exactly. So I mean, I I don't think that the Panthers need to take him at six. I think they need to just keep with their offensive line rebuild because they really need it, and that'll give Sam Darnold the best chance that he can to to succeed in the NFL because he's never had an offensive line as long as he's been in the NFL. No. And if you don't have an offensive line, you're not going to have a great time in the NFL, especially with how Ask, ask Zach Wilson about it. He's getting the Sam Darnold treatment. Boom, precisely. And I will say there's going to be an official Tank Talks football uh, mock draft coming up soon. Cool. Uh, Tar saw me making it, and he saw how oblivious I was to everything around me Dude, while I was, was trying to think about it. locked in. I'll I tell you when we out there what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but when we come it's back not appropriate for public radio. <laughs> <laughs> When we come back from the break, we're talking a little bit about the Pro Bowl, not too much, and then we're talking about the NFL award picks tonight. Why are we talking about the Pro Bowl? (laughs) Let's take a nap. Go on. (laughs) We'll be right back. Welcome back to the last 15 minutes of Tank Talks Football. And what are y'all doing? We're just standing legs, bro. You know, we gotta. We've been sitting down in class for too long today. It's time for us to stand up, stretch around a little bit, let the legs move. You know, get the blood flowing. Exactly. Good lord. So we're going to talk about the Pro Bowl for a little bit. I don't know. Oh, never mind. I need to sit back down. <laughs> you're did, fine. You're fine. Did any of y'all even watch it? No. I watched, I watched like the last quarter of it. I watched five I fell minutes asleep. of it. Five minutes. The most boring thing. Just make it all mini games if you're if you're not going to play. Yeah. They were literally playing touch football. Wasn't that the rules that it was two in touch? It was two in touch. No one was getting tackled. Why are you even wearing helmets out there? You could make that fun. Make Honestly, them take their helmets off and like. Make I it a more personable experience. That's a cool that. idea. Seven on seven flag. Yeah, it'd be that's lit. A dope idea. Make it flag football. Everyone's gonna try it then because you're not gonna you're not gonna get hurt then you're just, flag football. Then you just got your linemen and, and and your skill player, your linemen, your quarterback, and your skill players. Yeah, like your core skill players. It's a better idea than what they had last season where they did, did it all on Madden, which was a train wreck of a thing to watch. I, I think that could have been cool if they decided to do it like make a Madden tournament out of it or something like that. A Madden tournament, yes. What they did, did you see what they did last year? I did not. I didn't should wa- be part of Pro, Pro Bowl. I weekend. did not see it, but I think, yeah, Madden tournament would be cool for that. But, like, yeah, like, I think the NFL needs to sell out into those, like, mini games, into, like, something like the Madden tournament or something like that and just because pro- make it about that and make it a personal experience. Like, yeah, the game makes no sense. It has no stupid. purpose. Just make it a big vacation for all the players. Exactly. Like, like I, I'm not saying they should do it, but, I, I like, I like how the, uh, like, the MLB, at least they used to have it where, like, whoever won the All-Star game got home field advantage in the World Series. I, no, I hated that. I love that because it put a purpose on that game and made the team, like, the players actually have to play for something, especially the ones that were in contention to make the playoffs. Right. And it made the games fun. People actually tried in them. I mean, I still, they, they still do a little bit in the MLB now, but, I mean, I still think, like, it just it made the game have an extra, like, little something I to it. I don't think you even need to put anything on it. Just make it something to where players aren't actually going to get injured. Like, seven-on-seven seven flag would be sick. Like, put them on a 50-yard field, make it half dimensions, essentially. Like, what we play here at, like, intramural football here at Auburn. Like, I think that if you put it on the same dimensions, it, it, people would have fun, people would watch. You can have the same roster sizes, honestly, and just have more than one game. I don't know, like... Yeah, make it a tournament. Do like a do yeah. Like, do like fi- do it offensive line versus offensive line, or offensive line versus defensive line games, and that's the yeah. one that can play each other. Or like, you can make it like the FCFL and just have get more uh, get the fans involved too. Have a smaller field, flag football. Let the players let the fans pick the plays. No, nah, I'm good on that because then it, they, it'd be more fun. Yeah, it'd be fun, but like then they'd have to actually learn plays and. I, the, I think yeah, I the think only that'd be more play fun that they run like, at the at the yeah. Pro Bowl is yeah, let's play backyard football. Just go long. Yeah, like I think <laughs> that would be fun. Just, like, be chunking it all the way downfield every single play. Yeah, literally. There's a problem when your biggest highlight from that game is Mac Jones hitting a gritty. I mean, that was pretty sick. That was actually kind of funny. I saw that. That was funny, yeah. Hey, according to rules, he was down. He was sacked. Oh, okay, okay. No, he got, like, two yards. He got two yards in the play. Eh, it doesn't matter. If he didn't do that, the AFC would not have locked up the game. True. And so, moving on from the Pro Bowl, tonight is the NFL Awards show, correct? I'm going to be wrong on that. I, I, probably, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, keep track yeah, of that. It's sometime so. between tonight it's tonight, and it's Saturday. Tonight. Because if uh, – that's what I was saying earlier. If, if my boy T.J. Watt does not get named Defensive Player of the Year, it's rigged. Oh, we're going to start off with just picking our picks for every uh, – I only gave you one choice for the Defensive Rookie of the Year, though. But picks They should for, only be one choice. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Uh, who do you all have one in the MVP? Mm. I want to say Cooper Cup. It, just it because be. I, I know it won't be. 
it's the MVP has become a quarterback award. I think that Cooper Cup has just had one of the greatest seasons that any NFL wide receivers ever had. I think he at least deserves to be in the top one or two for this award. TB12, just I mean, riding off into the sunset. Got if you can't win a bowl, you got to be the MVP riding off, right? Yeah, I I think it's going to be between one of those two. I think my whole thing is if you're going to give someone offensive player of the year, you have to give an MVP too, or give it to defensive player of the year. Right. You can't you can't win MVP then not win offensive player of the year. It makes no sense because uh, I'm I'm going to say Tom Brady's going to win because it's going to be rigged. They're going to give it to him as he rides off into the metaphorical sunset. I mean, let's not act like Tom Brady had a bad year. Oh, okay. he had a great year. But if you move on off the player of the year, we all know who's going to win that one. That's going to be Cooper Cup. He, he had the triple crown. Yeah, like I mean, like Cooper Cup's going to win the offensive player of the year, but then Tom Brady's going to win MVP or whatever. Like, if you win the offensive player of the year and Tom Brady doesn't, and Tom Brady also plays on offense. How are you not the MVP? Like, exactly. hey, my man, do it all. Debo is going to be going to win one that's one soon though. Debo oh, Samuel yeah. is the real freaking deal. Jon- Jonathan Taylor deserves a really big shout out for this Facts. season as well. Yes. Uh, so we're all going we're all going Cooper Cup for offensive player of the year. Yes. Yes. Uh, defensive player TJ of the year. Watt, stop. <laughs> Michael Parsons. Out. <laughs> out but Trevon Diggs man out <laughs> out it's r- y'all know that it, if TJ Watt yeah, TJ Watt does not win it's rigged. rigged it's rigged yeah TJ uh, Watt did have a great season he, des- he definitely Michael deserves Parsons. it because he, he won the league and he had more sacks no, than got, like three NFL teams Michael Parsons I, I'm glad that he's the only option for defensive rookie <laughs> Well, I don't know. I mean, n- name yeah, name another like defensive player like as a. Oh no, I'm with you. I'm saying like that. That's 100 percent the correct option, yeah. but not play yeah. defensive so player. I'm of the skipping year. ahead to that one, just saying all th- all across the board. Michael Parsons, rookie of the offensive rookie of the year. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is going to win it, but there are two people who I think are kind of getting knocked out of it, and that's the O linemen. Creed Humphrey. Creed Humphrey like, deserves to be in the conversation. He deserves to be at least second. I don't know how he didn't make the Pro Bowl. Literally had one of the greatest seasons that any rookie center has ever had, any yeah. center has ever had. He's and a top-ranked center in the league. And, yeah, doesn't make the Pro Bowl, whatever. I mean, come on. He's got to be – it's honestly disrespectful. Yeah, I hate the Pro Bowl. It's become a popularity contest. It is. It's no longer a meaningful game to, like – I think the all-pro things is, like, the, the things that matter the most. I think Jamar Chase should be your offensive rookie of the year. Um, I think that <laughs> there's a real world – it's a non-zero chance that they hand it to Mac Jones, just so you guys know. There's a non-zero chance. I I think Mac Jones is actually there's a I think it's rigged. I think Mac Jones will win just because they're gonna have to give it to a quarterback. I don't think he deserves it. I mean, you know, I should y'all all heard me spiel about the fact they shouldn't made the Pro Bowl. Definitely shouldn't win the offensive rookie of the That's year. I said non-zero chance Mac Jones is offensive rookie of the year. But wouldn't it be so funny if the offensive rookie of the year was the Patriots quarterback and the MVP was Tom Brady? Yeah. Okay. G- move on. <laughs> All right, just like I said, it's rigged. That's all of. I, I almost had comeback player of the year award on here, but I think that I don't know who's up for that. I think Dak is up for it. That's fair. That one's fair. Uh, Prayers. Someone. I, it's it's interesting. I mean, like especially with, like you know, with, cool when, when Alex it, Smith won it. Like yeah, when Adrian Peterson won it too after that ACL injury. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's, it's talk about the uh, the Super Bowl a little bit because that is Sunday is coming up. Is it? Yes, it is. And preview it a little bit. We're going to have the Rams D-line versus Feasting. the Bengals offensive line. Who's going to struggle? Oh, yeah. We're also going to have Cooper Cup versus Eli Apple. Good versus Eli Apple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Eli Apple. He's been getting absolutely just roasted the past like, Crapped on. three weeks. <laughs> I mean, he deserves it. He oh, is he's a horrible cornerback in the it's NFL, but it's still hilarious to see. Uh, just how do y'all think this is going to go? Just a little prediction thing. Like score wise, or do we, where you at? What do you, you want? Just from? talk about it, and I think I like honestly no clue. I, it, this this game is a fifty fifty coin flip for me. I think the Bengals are going to have a great second half no matter what, because that's that seems to be what they've been doing all playoffs. Right. Um, I just I want to say that the Bengals are going to find a way. I I'm rooting for Cincinnati, America's team this this postseason. So, I uh. I like this game for a lot of reasons because there's a lot of just it's a fun Super Bowl for once and I don't know how long. The entire country is excited for the Super Bowl. I don't know too many people that are staunchly hate the Rams or hate the Bengals. Or hate, and I don't know anybody that hates the Bengals and hates your bro. Actually, I know someone that hates you, Burrow, but um, that's, <laughs> name that, drop him. Yeah, Ryan Metcalf, not a big Joe Burrow guy. which surprises nobody. But I I like the Rams in this one. 
and, and and everything on paper makes me think the Rams really should win this by like a tutty or so. Um, but I, I think it's close. I just, yeah. I, I just, I, I would say, yeah, it's like, really close. You know, I mean, you you expect the Rams' defensive line to absolutely dominate the Bengals, but I mean that Bengals O line is going up against Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, Von and, Miller, and Von Miller, and Leonard Floyd, and yeah, and then I mean, you got Jalen Ramsey in that secondary, Eric Weddle, Eric Weddle, yeah, yeah. I I like you know it's, I would. Tough. You would have you would have thought the same thing in the AFC Championship game. Oh, when absolutely. The yeah. Chiefs had you know that's why Frank I said Clark that. Yeah. And Chris Jones, you'd expect them to dominate. I expected them to get at least three sacks in that game. The Bengals are literally just here because they were like, why not? Exactly. Sounds like Auburn in the Final Four two years ago. Exactly. I the key to this game is going to be the defense for both sides of the ball. Can the Bengals stop Cooper Cup at all? And can they get any pressure on Matthew Stafford and make him make any mistakes? I, I think that's very possible. Because I think this the Bengals, Bengals defensive line is actually pretty solid. This Bengals defense of this entire playoffs has been playing lights out. They yeah. shut down Derrick Henry, and they. I mean, they had a fantastic second half against the Chiefs. I mean, they gave exactly. three points. Didn't let Tyreek kill. They almost let Travis Kelsey feast on that final drive, but they got like pressure the on Patrick Mahomes. But yeah, I think about this comes down to the defense, and I think when you look at both of them, yeah, I give it to the Rams. I'm gonna go Rams by. Like what you said, a tutty, but I might say Rams by three. Another game. No, I wasn't goal. serious about a tutty. I said I want to say like the paper tells me Rams by a tutty. I I think it's close. I think it's like a field. I think we yeah we're gonna see another has ball. Ball. Look, y'all, y'all are gonna go with the Rams. I'm gonna go with America's team in Cincinnati. I'm gonna say they win by like three. <laughs> I don't know. I think it'll be a really great game either way. It'll be a great game either way. Love the Super Bowl this year. But that's all the time we have today for Tank Talks. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Thanks for listening. If you missed any part of the show, make sure to catch the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I'll be back next Wednesday at noon on Weagle 91.1 FM. You can follow the station's Twitter and Instagram at Weagle underscore AU for events, announcements, and more. If you can't make it to a radio, you can listen to our live stream at WeagleFM.com. As for me, come back next Wednesday at noon for more Tank Talks football.